What is this, Wonka? Some kind of fun house? Why, having fun? Hello and welcome to the Movie Mouthfuls podcast, a movie podcast with zero table manners. Each episode we'll be tucking into movies and the odd television show to chow down some of the most iconic cinematic cuisine scenes in cinema history, as well as just about everything else we can get our hands on. Yet again, I'm Jordan, a bloke trying to be known as the film fella online, and as always I'm joined by the UK's number one competitive food eater, or number one competitive eater, because he obviously eats food, it's Big Meets Food! That was a that was a good, <laughs> <save. laughs> good okay. I mean, I, I eat other stuff occasionally. I've been known to eat uh, chewing gum accidentally, um, <laughs> which isn't a food. Uh, I do occasionally eat hair naturally, being bearded. But yeah, I, I tend to eat mostly. Bone? Sometimes, maybe chicken wings by accident. Yeah, I mean, it's it, not I, really food. Is I've it? caught a little bit of cartilage here and there. But yeah, it's <laughs> typically food that I eat. Um, but other than that, a uh, little mock up that I had there. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right, man. Uh, despite the series of small technical hitches we had <laughs> before filming uh, not filming i mean recording this this podcast i'm otherwise okay yeah we've had a, a few gremlins in the works by the sounds of it i'm not sure entirely what was going on beforehand but we we've fixed it we've sorted it out uh and also for for any any devote listeners if we've got any devote devout listeners out there that have been checking us out sorry for missing last week uh Beard is a very busy man, and uh, oh, I'm taking the blame. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> I, I I was busy too, and then obviously we we weren't as Englishmen, and um, you know we've mentioned plenty of times that we're football fans. We weren't quite expecting England to do as well as they were doing. Uh, so um, you know, if you're not from the UK or from England, um, it's kind of like sort of like a weird party party mode fiesta thing going on at the moment, and everyone all times just dilated into some weird mess. Because of football, yeah, but we're talking about uh, a film today, uh, like we usually do, and specifically food scenes within said film. Correct. Um, I've gone then. Keep going. What, what are we talking about this week, in case someone didn't read, again, the name of the podcast episode? Um, it's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, right? The original version. Well, actually, it's Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, because of uh, the originals right. the, the other way around. But yes, it is, it is based on Roald Dahl's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. So we're doing Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I know you're, everyone, if you listen to the Jurassic Park episode, which was the last <laughs> episode, you'll know that Jordan is a stickler for detail. So I stand corrected there. Yeah, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I've got to keep us on track with the film side of things a little bit. You're the food guy. <laughs> true, true. And and also this week, um, we'll, we'll get to it later, but we do have... Bit of ASMR there. We do have some snacks related to uh, that. Ain't relaxing nobody. <laughs> just, just, just shaking it violently. <laughs> some some rub some chocolate. There you go. Oh, that's a bit better. Yeah. <laughs> right. We'll get straight into uh, general chat, um, if you want to call it that, and then and then we'll jump straight into his food scenes because uh, this one's pretty self-explanatory, I guess. Let's get it. <laughs> So we're, we're slightly woefully underprepared this week, um, just because we've sort of crammed everything into one, but we're going to try as bestest um, to do this. I've rewatched this. Try as bestest. Try as best. Yeah, I'm, I'm appealing to the younger viewers because we're talking about chocolate and sweets oh, right. and stuff like that. So right, okay. oh, oh, I get it. So it wasn't just you being <laughs> grammatically incorrect. It's like a, an intentional thing. I got it. Oh yeah, I know. I know you're a stickler for my uh, grammar sometimes, but uh, in this instance, I was uh, I was doing a bit sort of. <laughs> um, so for for people that somehow haven't 
either read Charlie and the Chocolate Factory by Roald Dahl or um, haven't watched the absolute classic that is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory or the, you know, the Johnny Depp Charlie and the Chocolate Factory that came out, well, about 10 years ago now. Do you want to explain what 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 the hell we're on about if someone's completely oblivious? Oh, who hasn't seen Charlie and the Chocolate Come on, man. I mean, uh, it's a, uh, what do you call it? I guess it's kind of like a, a, a quasi-fantasy thing. Uh, you know, the book was obviously aimed at kids, um, but uh, yeah, adapted into two films. The basic premise of the story is that Charlie's kind of a a kid living in poverty with a, quite a large family. They live in what look like pretty squalid conditions. They're uh, they're having a tough time of it. But there's uh, this esteemed chocolatier. He doesn't make just chocolate. He does other st- wacky snacks too, and um, he uh, he does some kind of contest where they can where somebody can win uh, a golden ticket from one of the chocolate bars he sells. And I don't know if it, it's revealed later in the film or if it's abundantly clear from the start. But whoever gets the golden ticket essentially gets the factory, right? Yeah, I think initially because it's five tickets, all five tickets state that all of you would share the factory equal like you all get it basically you all win the prize but you kind of wills them down through a series of moral tests like um, so yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i mean he's pretty if you watch the, the movie he's kind of he's a he's you wouldn't a really want him around your kids would you put it that way i mean no. I, I wouldn't take my kids to see willy wonka no no he's uh He's not a well man <laughs> based on whatever he's doing. Um, played um, absolutely expertly by uh, Gene Wilder as well. Uh, rest in peace. Uh, you, you, you know what? Like just on the topic of Gene Wilder, I, I said that I wouldn't digress too much, but I like to digress. So um, <laughs> I always think of um, this is about the third or fourth time I've mentioned this movie, despite the fact that we've never actually covered the movie on this podcast. Uh, Jewel of the Nile, right? You know the Michael Douglas movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> just because of falling down, right? <laughs> but she, the, 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 yeah, the 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 lead uh, uh, lady character in that is called Joan Wilder, and I always think about the guy saying Joan Wilder. You know, and he's kind of uh, <laughs> his Persian brogue style thing. Um, but you know, Gene Wilder is of no relation to. Yeah, no. <laughs> random fact. Well, you come out with the fun facts all the time. I wanted to try one. Yeah, no, you go for it. You know, I um, yeah, I, well, I enjoyed that. So, uh, yeah, that was a pretty good summary of what it's about. Um, it's kind of, it's almost like a series of unfortunate events, um, but based on the the pitfalls of each individual child, child, children, <laughs> each child's <laughs> like uh, problem, I guess. Like one's just uh, gluttonous. Obviously, you've got one that's obsessed with TV, one that's a sort of me, me, me merchant that wants everything and right now, which that's never really changed in the world, I guess. Um, yeah, and they all they all fall because of their shortcomings, and then there's poor old Charlie who's, well, he's a goody two sho- well, is he a goody two shoes? I guess I don't know. But the whole is is very similar <laughs> to many Roald Dahl stories, and it's kind of a character study. Of course, it's written as as a bit of a moral allegory, um, whereby each of these kids, like you said, they have some kind of vice, if you will, um, and uh, yeah. The whole story is about how if you are kind of morally, traditionally morally um, well-behaved and stuff, then um, at the very least, you're going to get a chocolate factory. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Remember, kids, <laughs> if you behave yourself, one day you'll own a chocolate factory. I rewatched this the other night, and I haven't watched it in a very long time, probably not since I was, you know, maybe like 10 or something like that, this particular version. I've not watched it. I know it's on TV all the time before you say it, but I just haven't watched it in ages. 
it hits so much better as an adult watching it. All of the build-up before they even get to the chocolate factory is 10 times funnier now that I'm a... Well, you know, I like to think of myself as a fully grown adult. I'm sure Adam will <laughs> potentially disagree. But... Those baby gap t-shirts, man. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it's a strange one. Obviously, there's the, there's the bit with the very, very old-fashioned computer where the guy's trying to predict where the final two golden tickets are and um, it, he tries to, like barter with the computer because the computer doesn't want to give away the secret because it'll be cheating and then the computer then refuses his offer of the prize because what would a what would a computer do with a lifetime supply of chocolate as it as it says valid question uh, massive computer one of those huge brick it's a, i think it's a samsung or a siemens computer big, big old it's, it's CRT. massive um but that was really entertaining and this is the stuff where there's the i found it quite quite funny where the the husband gets kidnapped and they've got the private investigator there and then the the woman the ransom is basically to give away her last box of Wonka chocolate bar. I, I won't give them away. Screw no. that. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I, I find myself thinking whenever I watch the film is, did, was the whole, you, you know, these days if you get, you know, you get uh, chocolate bars, you know, Walker's Crisp, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, any other brand of Crisp balls, so this is not sponsored <laughs> by Walker's Crisp. They're all Crisp. good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that whole kind of golden ticket, that there have been a lot of promotions which do something similar, right, where you have to find... A something in your your bag. Walkers here, yeah, yeah. What came first was it? Did kind of did Roald Dahl come up with this concept, or did this concept exist prior to the book? Well, unfortunately, I've not done any research into this. I've got no idea. <laughs> I um, all I remember is as a kid um, when you used to be able to get Walkers, which is Lay's, if you're in America or Europe, if Basically, you are listening to this. Everywhere Chris, else. You used to be able to get five and 20 and 10 pound notes if you were really lucky. I remember one kid got a 20 pound note in my primary school, um, which obviously back <laughs> back then in like late 90s, early 2000s, 20 quid would have bought them an absolute ton of sweets. <laughs> it was a big pimping when I see him by the tuck shop. I can, I can picture it now. Now, like with his opening his jacket like this, <laughs> you want really some weird. one bars? I'll give you one bar. Just in, just in a little little foil packet inside your crisps. Like could could have just been that strange concept. Like, they would never yeah. do that these days. But uh, yeah, um, interesting one. No idea. Maybe Roald Dahl did come up with that one. Maybe maybe it's a, his own marketing ploy. I'll go with that later. I was gonna say the opening to this is really cool. I really really enjoy when it's doing the. Um, can't remember what can't, can't even remember what bloody song it is now, but it's one of the iconic songs from the film, um, with all the chocolate going through the factory and stuff. That as a kid always made me really hungry because you see like the little wafer bars going through and the chocolate gets poured onto them and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, type two diabetes. Everyone just watching that, I guess, <laughs> as a child. Yeah, you, I mean, you, you would be uh, you'd be in some trouble if you got stuck in that little kind of river he's got of chocolate. I guess my main question as well before we dive into this, were you born to be a wonkerer? Which uh, the Candyman says right at the beginning and I almost mistook as him calling one of the kids a wanker. Well, I was about to say I wasn't born to be a wonkerer, but you change one character and uh, maybe my answer would be different. Would you have had a scrum diddly umptious bar? It looked quite good, but they all look like just like blocks of like chocolate, just like solid. Like that was like a Rolo type giant tube thing that they've got. It looked really good. Um, Charlie looks like he's about to suffocate on it at one point. But would you have eaten any of this stuff in this film? Because um, it turns out that all the stuff, all the all the bars at least, were all were all planks of wood. That is one of the facts. Um, all, all the chocolate was were just wooden props, which I imagine is the case, but. Yeah, I mean, it would be if they're filming multiple takes. I mean, I don't know what the ambient temperature was like if you had actual chocolate. <laughs> Aside from being more expensive than planks of wood, um, it would. There's a risk they're going to melt and stuff, right? So, um, yeah, I mean, but in principle, the the figurative nature of the food. So, you know, like uh, 
they all kind of have a magical quality, don't they? I would, I would totally I'd try them. But I'm not a huge chocolate fan, tell you the truth. I'd be more says, with a candy. I've got these delightful, um, you know, you, any any chocolate provider is available. But um, for this instance, we've got a couple of uh, dairy milk. And the interesting thing is these are like invented bars by like fans, like children or adults. or someone has created these and you can vote on them. So I thought because we've got an invention scene coming up, we've got some some chocolate to try that's been invented. Why did, um, did, when did they stop? There was a there was an actual. You know, we talk about this every week. You know, we yes. talk about Whammy Burger. We talked yep. about uh, uh, Big Gona Burgers, and yep. they should exist in the real world. But Wonka, yep. that, that name did exist when yep. at least when I was a teenager. They made Wonka bars with like popping candy in them and mad stuff. Fudge, fudge like chocolate bars. One used to be to get the actual like almost pretty much what looks like the bar in the the generic bar. You used to be to get that as a generic bar of chocolate as well. We should, does that exist? We should have researched this really in advance. It, it doesn't. You can go on Amazon and search for them, but it looks like from the reviews, it's just a regular chocolate bar for like 25p that someone's then wrapped with a Wonka wrapper and then sold <laughs> uh, for like a tenner, which is quite funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, these uh, these other, um, if you're American, I guess candies, because these are technically American sweets. These You can't buy these as an English treat. We've got a couple of boxes. Do you want to stop slamming this? Are you mad about these candies or something? <laughs> yeah. You're just smashing them down on the table like all the time. <laughs> but I have got uh, a box of Everlasting Gobstoppers, some bottle caps and some nerds, which they don't have the Wonka branding on anymore, but they used to have the Wonka branding on because I think Nestle owned the rights to it. Is that right? No, yeah. that would make sense. Yeah, but, it definitely yeah. wasn't Cadbury's. So. I think it's gone now because originally, and this is a fact to do with the film, Quaker Oats were the original people that owned the rights to um, like the Willy Wonka brand. Um, but unfortunately, they tried to release a chocolate bar, but something went wrong with the composition of it, and it, it was like garbage, so they had to just bin it, and I think Nestle then just swooped in and bought it off of them. Oh. Um, but yeah, there you go. There's your other fun fact. That was a fun one. I think these actually do say everlasting gobstoppers too, which I feel like contravenes a law, surely, because I, I imagine unless they are actually everlasting. Well, this is, we'll find out. We're going to find out. Beard. We'll, okay, we'll find right. out in a second. So, I mean, just for the purposes of speeding this along, shall we jump into food scene one, the chocolate room? Sure. Let's do that. <laughs> Thank God everyone's still here, presumably. Um, you know, normally it's taking us about half an hour to get to scene one, so <laughs> this might be our yeah. shortest one yet, he says. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> um, yeah. The chocolate room. Um, it is literally what it says on the tin. It is a room, and it's made out of chocolate and sweets and giant like gummy bears and lollipops and. It's not really that accurate. It's a room made of more than chocolate, more than just chocolate. Yeah, I'm not sure why he just calls it the chocolate room. Easy to say, maybe. The sweety chocolate meadow. It, like it's kind of like a little weird meadowy thing, isn't yeah. it? I guess I, I don't really. I mean, you should we've be already. For him. We, yeah, I should. I should be head on lumper or something like that. <laughs> you're too tall. You're too tall. <laughs> you're a good like six five, right? So. It has, it has so been good. mentioned um, by by one of our fans, uh, Benson, um, in regards to sort of like the slave labour of uh, Umpa Lumpers, but because this film has been done to death and we're doing specifically the food scenes, we're just gonna we're gonna skirt around. All of that controversy, or made-up controversy. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure people could wax lyrical on on, on Lumpers and all the dodginess that goes on. There's definitely a colonial undertone there, but we're not here to discuss the heavy-hitting issues. Food. Yeah, just a grub. So I guess 
Since this is, this is the chocolate room, I mean, we're going to get onto the invention room in a second. We will try some of these chocolate bars, uh, providing that Adam isn't isn't on one of his many fasts. I'll have a tiny little bite. He's going to have a, a square. Which one do you want to try before we get into the nitty-gritty of the scenes? And what things? what we've flavors have we got here? We've got a no frowny brownie, which has got milk chocolate with gooey chocolate brownie chunks, golden salted caramel chips, and crumbly biscuit. Um, that was invented by uh, Sophie Maniel or Maniel. Not sure. I'm sorry. And then we've also got a dairy milk banoffee nut crumble, which is milk chocolate with banoffee pie inspired fudge pieces, golden almond caramel pieces, and crunchy biscuits. And that's made by Josh Clark. Well, it's made by Dairy Milk Cadbury, but um, Josh Clark came up with it. I don't think he specifically made this one bar. Josh Clark did not whip this up in his bathtub. <laughs> well, are we going to try, we try this then or what? Yeah, which, let, me, which, let me do it. You do the other one. I'll, I'll do the other one. Yeah, we'll open this. We'll try a bit. Um, and as we're doing that, I'll 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 talk some facts because okay. that's that's always fun, isn't it? So scene scene related facts. You're gonna get a bit of ASMR here. We can't we can't get rid of this noise because this is all part of the experience. Also, my, my studio's not really too heavily soundproof. <laughs> I mean, you could if you wanted to nip out at shops now, run stickers on pause, go grab a bar. You can eat with us if you want. I can't even open this thing up, Matt. Right, here we go. There you go. I've got a I've got a chunk of that. So what have I got? Which one did I end up getting? The brownie. You got the brownie one. I got the I've got banoffee, no brownie. Brownie. Whatever. We'll eat it together like uh, what they do on like uh, hot one, hot ones and stuff like that on YouTube. Smile right, okay. at each other like Paul Rudd. <laughs> right here we go. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. That's absolutely appalling. <laughs> not appalling because it tastes bad because it just tastes like chocolate. It's appalling because it tastes nothing like banoffee nut. It just tastes like chocolate with a little bit of something crunchy in it. So at the risk of um, being I mean, a little bit miserable. Very similar. It does taste like chocolate. It's a brownie, which is normally chocolate anyway. And it's crunchy. Um, you know, this isn't a food review program <laughs> or podcast, but yeah, it's not bad, but it's chocolate. Yeah, I mean, come on, Josh. And In fact, no, I'm not blaming Josh. The, the idea was solid. Cadbury's messed this up, I think. But nothing nut crumble. I didn't get any banoffee. I didn't get any banana, toffee, or nut. I got a little bit of crumble. That was, what was that? that? That's like 90 calories gone. It's the way the, uh, the chalky crumbles, I guess. I'm sorry. Oh, that was terrible. <laughs> that was anyway, awful. that was awful, but it is a fact for you anyway. So when the kids entered the chocolate room for the first time and saw all the candy, like the gardens, the lollipops, the giant gummy bears, all that, you know, stuff. The reaction of them when they first enter that room is completely real. There's no fabrication. There's no retake. They didn't tell them about that, even though I imagine if they've read the book or whatever, they might have had an idea, something like that was coming up, but they've not seen what it looked like. I did know that, actually. I've um, read that before. And then, likewise, again, this isn't particularly in that scene, but Gene Wilder didn't actually tell anyone he was going to come out of the factory with a limp. He comes out with a limp at the beginning and does that little forward roll and Ta-da, he's fine. Didn't tell anyone about that either. He, he seemed to be, he quite enjoyed himself on this film. It seems like he just did things without telling people then to get a reaction and then that ended up in the film. Um, so he was like a 1970s Jim Carrey? Yeah, he's, well, he was ahead of his time really, wasn't he? <laughs> yes. And then the other fact, the chocolate river is actually made of real chocolate water and cream and it spoiled very quickly and left a terrible smell, as you would imagine with just free-flowing mushy chocolatey creamy water just no wait that was actually real chocolate yes That's i always thought it looked like some sort of mucky dilute like colored water but no real chocolate 
You'd be you'd have been tempted to have a try, right, mate? On on day one, maybe. Augustus is. Uh, I mean, if it's real and he was literally sticking his hand in it and scooping it up as he does at the side, makes sense now. Yeah. Lucky boy. <laughs> That'll be a clickbait YouTube video to die for. I I I got trapped for twenty four hours in the in the set of the 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 Willy Wonka movie. I mean, some of that stuff. They're, they're the only real facts we've got. So let's just talk about it. Um, I haven't gone beat for beat on every single bit that happens. Obviously, the the main crux of this scene, or the whole scene, is you get World of Pure Imagination sang by Gene Wilder. Excellent. What a tune. Fantastic. I think that is actually the song I was on about earlier that's played over the mm. the intro, um, but without the lyrics, the in- instrumental. But then, obviously, the, the items of food that you've got, you've got like a giant gummy bear. You reckon you could tackle that? Like a giant, like, a giant, like big, we're talking, you know... Yeah, I'd have to know the weight. I've seen a lot of those actually in real life. You can get them now, can't you? Those big like five kilo, yeah, but, ten kilo gummy uh, bears. Yeah, that would like be that. that would be rough. Did have you done one? Sh- no, 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 no. I've never done that. I I, I almost bought one of those uh, giant gummy worms, but then a lot of people have done that, and I think I probably wouldn't finish it. And I hate wasting food, so no, I did not do anything giant and gummy. Fair enough. What about a, a giant lollipop? But not just like a fairground style giant lollipop, but like one that's basically a tree. Think you could have a go? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I'd, I'd lick it for sure. I don't know if that I'd finish it, but I'd, I'd give it a lick. You don't know if you'd speed eat it, but you'd, you'd give it a go. Yeah, I'd, I'd give it a lick. I mean, you would, to be honest, you walked in here and you were told, all right, we've walked into your podcast studio and you've just turned around to me and said that everything in this room is now edible. You're gonna, I'm going to I'm gonna have a chomp of that guitar on that wall. Sorry, mate. You're going to go straight through it. <laughs> you'd give it a go. You would if you went in that room. I would literally try everything just to see whether he'd actually... A psychotic maniac or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Could have anything in there. Maybe all of them could have died. They could have all eaten out oh. like, like plastic poisoning or something like that. <laughs> Toxic poisoning. <laughs> um, you've also got candy cane bushes. Um, there's a, I've literally called this the weird giant sweet with goo in it, question mark, because I don't <laughs> understand. <laughs> it's like a giant jawbreaker thing. Fun fact, though, or not so fun fact, um, but the, the actress, I've forgotten the name, the one that plays Veruca Salt, the, the spoilt child, when she's breaking that, she has some blood on her sock. Turns out that she actually picked that up and injured herself in some way and caused quite a bad gash on her foot, but they just carried on filming anyway. That's in the film. So next time you watch that, look for the blood on her sock. There's, because... ton- there's tons of those facts about like old school movies, like kind of 50s through the... Wait, yeah, 40s through the 70s, like um, in Wizard of Oz. Did you know there's a scene when one of the, the um, what do they call them, the, like the munchkins, the little tiny people? Oh, yeah. He's hanging from a tree and that's an actual actor who, who killed I've himself. I've heard about that. I just thought that was a rumor. I didn't realize it was real. It could be an urban legend, but no, I'm sure I read about it and you can actually see it. So, But back then, they just kind of, they kept on rolling, you know? You, you, you didn't, it wasn't digital. They were actually rolling on tape, so, rolling on film, so. Speaking of film and stuff like that, I, um, I did mention that at the very end of this bit, when you get the Oompa Loompa, you know, song about uh, Augustus and um, him being like a gluttonous elephant boy or whatever it is that they call him, which is really mean. Which <laughs> <laughs> really mean. Plenty punches back Definitely don't pull any punches. The, the graphics, the graphics that come up with the lyrics... Compare that now to some of the stuff that you're probably doing even on YouTube now. It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> it's so it's so strange, but that'll have been like cutting edge at the time, you know, just pushing some font in at, at the timing of when they're singing and stuff. Yeah, literally cutting the, the actual words onto the, <laughs> the, the, the film, yeah. Um, 
And then, yeah, I mean, I've I've, I've put here, uh, Augustus got glooped because he, you know, he gets stuck in, he falls into the river and you've got the great line delivered excellently by Gene Wilder where they're like, help him. And he's just like, help, police, murder. <laughs> it's just like really monotone <laughs> and like really quiet. He doesn't like, he doesn't even try, obviously. He's just, he's, you know, one down four to go sort of mentality he was a little bit innocuous though compared to some of the kids i feel like he just had he just liked a bit of food so i feel a kinship with him there i probably would have been the first to go i'm gonna say i think i've actually got a line from his um earlier on in the film that i actually pulled out specifically for you oh they they ask him when he's got his tickets when he's won his ticket um in the most german stereotypical sort of german food house it could possibly there's like people walking past with laid hose and everything It's, it's just the biggest caricature of you know, it's West Germany at the time, I guess. And um, they ask him, you know, how do you feel? And he just replies with hungry. I thought that'd be a great kinship to Adam. Yeah, <laughs> just... Indeed, man. You go, if, if I went into a room and basically everything was edible, I would probably feel quite hungry. He then follows it up by saying, I feel I feel sorry for Wonka. It's going to cost him a fortune in fudge. Mm. At, least he, at least he knows what he wants. You know, he goes in and he just wants that fudge. Yeah. <laughs> not say anything else <laughs> i know where this is going um and yeah it, that leads on to the the absolute nightmare fuel section of the film that i don't even really understand why or for what reason it's put in but that that river ride with the just the absolutely psychedelic crazy heads of chickens getting chopped off and a chameleon which i don't even find chame- like chameleons that scary it's a chameleon eating like a locust and they're all like ah but I, I, it's it's weird. It's it's kind of like it's a hippie era movie though, so I, th- I feel like they were experimenting with imagery and stuff quite a lot back then, you know, in, in uh, interspersed with storytelling. Uh, if you say so. <laughs> that's mean, my only theory, so that's I, it. But that, that leads us on to the inventing room. I guess we've kind of had the inventing chocolate, but there is another item that we've already mentioned that was made in the inventing room, so we're going to move on to that scene now. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Yeah, good. We're all still here. Thank God. We didn't fall off a Wonka's crazy boat or whatever, you know. No. I don't know. I'm, I'm just trying to do a bit. I'm just trying, <laughs> trying, trying to do bits. Um, you know, they'll get better. Some will be terrible. Um, so, yeah, the, the inventing room scene or the, you know, the uh, I'm going to check, check them now, a bit of ASMR. This is going to be awful for your ears, I'm sorry, but the uh, everlasting gobstoppers. We've got there. They sound quite weighty and the, the size of this box doesn't make them look... Um, can I have Quite. a gobstopper? Let me try one. Yeah, you, you pop up on those gobstoppers. Um, I'll I'll chat to you about some stuff in the scene. The the bit that I really enjoyed just in this whole inventing room scene is the bit where he chucks the football boots into the, the vat. <laughs> are they actually... Beat it down. <laughs> are they, are, have you just chomped it? Why did you chomp it? What? Oh, well, they're definitely not what they, I thought they were going they, to they, be. Right, to me, a gobstopper is about half fist size oh yeah these little tiny look like a little m&m they're tiny and m&m shaped meaning that my initial reaction my instinct was to <laughs> bite didn't. and i bit and now i feel like i'm out of action no no more videos for the next four weeks <laughs> <laughs> just no teeth you know, the cartoon character bites on them they all shatter and fall out no you're not feeling that one he's looking for a no. bin you got a green one don't put it on the nerds <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna try this yellow one I'm I'm gonna keep this in my mouth. So I'm gonna sound a bit odd for a little while. I'm just gonna try and figure out. They look they look nothing like. I'm a bit disappointed. I mean, obviously they're not gonna look like them, but they don't have the. Um, they're kind of a weird trapezoid type thing, aren't they? They've got a weird shape in there. They look, they look like a a rubber. 
or something on Jordan. On the... This is a, I hate to tell you, this is a sphere. Not might, those it's an ones. Imp- it's an imperfect so, sphere, but the, the ones on the in the film look very different. They're oh right, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, the, the, like the paperweight or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> strange. Well, I suppose it's to give them a, a magical quality, right? Yeah. Um, but as I was saying, yeah, the this this scene is obviously again all of all of the encompassing parts of the scene is just bonkers. So obviously, you've got the bit where he. Uh, it kind of shows his uh, psychotic nature a little bit, where he uh, he just grabs a pair of football boots and just chucks them into a vat, and then when they go, "What are you doing?" He goes, "Oh, it gives it a little bit of a kick." Like it's just, <laughs> it's just, it's out of level of humor, to be that's honest. My, that's my, I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal that for it's, a future video. It's, it's great. And then you've got, um, I obviously as a child, never picked up on this, but is, um, Veruca's dad, who's the British bloke. Is is uh, always ruddy and bloody in it all, all time when he's talking. He's asking Wonka why he's got like some gin and some butterscotch gin and things like that, like in the background. To which he replies, "Candy is dandy, but liquor is quicker." And I've I, on my notes when I was watching it last night, I just put "what" because this is a children's film. I mean, there was a bit where Charlie was giving money to his granddad to buy tobacco, which I guess different time, different era. Um, same with this, I guess, but. I don't remember that in uh, Roald Dahl's book. <laughs> well, I think people forget actually to to get um, not serious, but to, to to talk about. Are you all right? I feel like you you have the same problem as me. I'm just having a go to see if I can actually break this. Thing, no, it's no. impossible. I don't think I could break that with like the. the they are the... very everlasting. It's still here. <laughs> They're everlasting because you break your teeth on them. You don't finish them. That's how they. That's how they did it. <laughs> they finish anyway, you. Yeah, that, that, what I was going to say is Roald Dahl actually apparently did not care for children much. Wow. Um, which is why he included kind of uh, characters who were quite, um, what's the word? They, they didn't like kids. So it was kind of an autobiographical element uh, of his character. I didn't know that. I would have thought completely. So basically he profiteered off of kids, even though he didn't really like them. Why not? Cap in the market, not many kids' <laughs> books around. Um, what else is going on in this scene? So you've got the... Obviously, this is the downfall of Violet Beauregard with the uh, the infamous line, Violet, you're turning Violet, Violet. <laughs> Which is That's just... pretty good. Your accent is improving week on week. I can, I can do kind of a shitty American one. It's, it's anything else I can do. It sounded do. like um, it was like a deep south kind of, uh, I don't know, like a varmint, you know, like when, when, they, when they're in like a toilet and they're wearing a straw hat. <laughs> Well, there we go. Maybe I should start uh, auditioning now. <laughs> oil prospector or something. But there's the free cost dinner gum. I thought that that would stand out to you. Um, there's also the little joke where uh, Veruca's dad says bull, and he goes, and Wonka replies with no beef. But I've been trying to get it like that. It's just, it's just silly little things like that that you don't notice as a kid that are obviously quite funny to me now as an adult. But um, free cost dinner gum, would you? I'd be up I'd, for that. I totally up for that. Actually, you know, um, get, make your eating challenges quicker. I guess <laughs> truth, yeah, like get get every course in one stick of gum. Do you do you know um game the 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 high street uh, video game shop? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they still exist, right? But a couple of years ago, I know what you're getting at. They Go sold <laughs> they sold the canned the Christmas dinner, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which was it was not just like you know, turkey. It it was like uh, <laughs> it was awful. It was like prawn on top of something, like a prawn salad or something. Yeah. Then it was your traditional Christmas dinner, and then on the bottom it was yeah, Christmas, Christmas pudding. pudding yeah. Oh, God damn it, you could not get it anywhere. But I wanted to do like 10 cans of that for a, for a video. Or, or, or what the video might have been titled is, Man Throws Up Non-Stop. <laughs> Stomach of Mine. That sounds, I, I, was, I was excited to try it. Would you heat it all up, though? No, I'd probably just... Would you heat it up? Would you eat cold? I'd How's just plunk it out in, in, you know, in can shape. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Good. That's ASMR. And then, yeah, just go at it. Uh, okay. 
but free cost dinner gum you would do as well. I'd give it a try. <laughs> I, I chew, when, when I'm doing contests and stuff, when I actually care to practice, I, I chew a lot of gum for uh, jaw endurance. So I probably wouldn't go with three cost dinner gum, something like mint, something traditional, but... Fair enough, I'd fair enough. Um, again, I've, I've also pointed out in this particular scene that Gene Wilder's half-assed acting is great. Like, he just, he's just... Cabin, but these, these kids are dead to him as soon as they do one thing wrong, that's it. He's just waiting for it. He is, basically... This This could be seen as, like, a child-friendly, friendly like, origin of, like, the Saw guy. Like, yeah, just... Just, just offing people in slightly humorous but also quite gruesome ways. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, into a giant, I don't know, plum or whatever it is. That was a little bit. I was a kid. That was quite scary when she just inflates. Yeah, it's bigger and bigger, and you're like, you don't see a pop like, do you really? If I no, recall, no, they go squeeze juice out of her or something like that, don't they? Off camera. This is even weirder. <laughs> they basically milk her. Those, those unplumpers must be getting paid a hell of a lot of overtime for all the stuff that they had to do to sort the kids out after. I think the whole point is they're not being paid, isn't it? Not, but again, we're back to the whole slave labor <laughs> thing. No, yeah. let's, let's move on. Other podcasts have done that. Um, and, and yeah, he, um, I, I, I do remember that he actually mentions that it all goes wrong at the desserts. Does, does one care? I was just wondering, that's kind of the opposite for you. Like, you, you, you love a good dessert. Oh, yeah. I would eat dessert for every meal if, you know, it didn't kill me <laughs> and uh, I could still be in, in shape and stuff. You don't often get protein, desserts in protein. Sadly not. Sadly not. Otherwise, we'd all be eating them. <laughs> True. Um, then the sort of last, the cutting off bit of this scene before we move to the next one, the lick, lickable wallpaper, which is just, we're, we're in COVID times now, so lickable wallpaper is just something I would not be interested in the slightest. And he wants to use it in nurseries. Yeah. snotty disgusting children licking walls like how do you clean it do you rip off a layer and put a new layer up what you do you just do? like you just em- embrace it that's how you build an immune system man <laughs> like if i lick, lick this the wall <laughs> this, this wall probably is gonna taste like well paint i imagine because it's quite new but it's not gonna hurt me in small volumes if i spend the whole day licking it maybe but <laughs> i'd rather yeah. it taste like i don't know butterscotch than uh or a Five Guys Burger than paint. So Five Guys Burger walls. There you go. There's there's your next big idea. <laughs> just uh, just lather a wall with some peanut oil. <laughs> there you go. It smell good. Uh, yeah, snozzberries as well. I, I have no idea. I can't even comment. I, I don't really eat that much fruit, so <laughs> I wouldn't have any idea what snozzberry would taste like. You didn't know me either. Does that even <laughs> exist? That we were oh, it's, not, the, it's, it's definitely not real. <laughs> we're onto the. Oh, is that what you, is that in the? That's what he calls it in the film. Yeah, well, he's in bananas and grapes and, and stuff sees. like that, and then he he says snozzberries to which Veruca's like snozzberries. There's no such thing as a snozzberry, and then he can't remember what quote he makes, but he something about the dreamer's dream or because he always comes out with weird quips that all the kids just look at him like, huh? Because he just doesn't know if it makes any sense. Oh, so is this in the same universe as BFG then? Because BFG has snozcumbers. Oh, maybe, possibly. There you go. It would make sense, wouldn't it? There you Unless go. Unless you just like prefacing things with snoz. Like, you know, None of them most. sound particularly nice because it snoz like, you know, UK slang, you know, you up your snoz, snoz it, she knows, like, you, yeah. out your snoz. I don't particularly want to eat anything that's nose snoz. <laughs> no. <laughs> Shall we move on to uh, another scene then? Let's. So, fizzy lifting drinks. Can be a quick one. Famous last words in this scene. A small one won't hurt us. You know, anything in relation to drinking where you're saying a small one won't hurt us is uh, always going to lead to bad things. Like depends like me on Wednesday when I was watching England. <laughs> yeah, it depends what it is, you know. But fizzy lifting drinks, I mean, we've got 
here, another thing to try. Closest thing I could get. So we've got some some Wonka bottle caps. You get oh, a root beer flavored one. Do you want to? Let me um, try. I, I do like root beer. I'll let you me. pop them open. If you can hear, I'm still eating my uh, everlasting gobstopper because the name implies I'll be eating this until the next podcast and then the episode after. And yeah, I'm stuck with it now unless I get rid of it. I don't know why that's taped up in such a weird manner. The other ones weren't. I don't know where. <laughs> it's gonna blow. What you got? What bottle cap have you got? Um, I think this is cherry. Intrigued by these. Oh, it's it's kind of like they look uh, a bit powdery. These look, don't look like anything like I expected. They're like, like naff fruit pastels, basically. No, I mean uh, fruit. What are those things? Love hearts. Oh, is it, oh no, yeah, no, they are chalky and weird. Yeah, no. Oh, all you can hear on this podcast is me and you going <laughs> constantly. Don't buy bottle caps. Those are awful. <laughs> yeah, the bottle caps not a good one. Gold stoppers interesting. I got nerds just because they're a Wonka thing, but someone you've eaten nerds before. They're just those little, little bitty things. Um, you quite, you painted quite the picture there. Little bitty things. Little little bitty nerdy things. Sour right? bits of sugary candy. It's all it's all just sugary stuff. Um, Charlie's grandpa in the scene is uh, an incredibly bad influence, and it's, it's basically all his fault, is what I deduced from it. He's the one that tells him Charlie's a good boy, and Charlie didn't want to actually drink. His granddad. His granddad coerced him into drinking, is what I'm getting at. I think there's a lot of that back in the, whenever this is based, <laughs> when he wrote the book, 1930s, maybe 40s. Is, um, yeah, just just no. I also always find it weird in this scene, we're going to quickly jump over this one anyway, that in the scene, they, they do what they do, which we'll mention in a minute, and then they reconvene with the other group, and it's like nobody's noticed they've been gone, but they've been gone like 10, 10 minutes, probably, in, in the film where they are. They've been gone 10 or 15 minutes. Like, they must have been gone for a while. There must have been... And there's no bathroom breaks on this tour. Like, yeah. <laughs> they've just gone. They just lost them down a corridor. Yeah. I don't remember that part, I'll be honest. But it, they, they reappear in the, the golden egg room with the geese. Like they, they just come out of that and they turn up and he's having a conversation with Veruca and uh, Mike TV about the golden geese. All right. But fizzy lifting drinks, would you give it a go? Yeah, totally. Would you give it a go even though there's a giant sharp fan at the top of the room? Why? Why is there a giant sharp fan at the top of the room is, I think is the question I've got. Because he, he, he wants them to, to, to learn control, right? Because like, as you say, if they have a little bit, they're all right. A little, little bit of levitation. If they have too much, off comes your head. It just, yeah, it just seems... It, it seems like on this particular one of all the other ones, they could have very, very much... Be, de- be deaded, <laughs> died. Yeah. I think that's part of the idea, though. That's wonkers. <laughs> he, he knew all along that they weren't going to quite, quite get it. And then, yeah, burping, you know. Burping saves the day. Doesn't it always? <laughs> that's the competitive eater's code. And then it leads on to the golden goose, um, golden geese bit. So you've got the egg decator, which decides whether you're a good egg or a, a bad egg. And obviously, Veruca and her dad are, well, not good eggs. Yeah, they're definitely vote Tory. Would you eat a... <laughs> they're I don't know, he's got, this factory, he's got a factory... Well, maybe he does. I think his factory workers probably more labour, aren't they? His, uh, his peanut shellers that are all shelling chocolate they're, bars. They're not unionised. He's, <laughs> he's just got them in there shelling those peanuts. He gives them a £1 raise for, for all those chocolate bars. They've got like 75,000 chocolate bars an hour or something like that. All that wasted chocolate. Appalling, appalling. Um, I just put in my notes that God, she's awful. <laughs> That's all I put. She is just a, she, it's, it's hard to hate children, right? But um, she she you make an exception for her. Um, would you eat a giant golden 
goose egg. Totally. I don't, I'd, I'd eat almost anything. I, know, I ask you every week, everything that comes up, I ask you, one day I'm hoping that something you'll be like too repulsed by that you won't do it. But Sprouts. Uh, just just sprouts. regular like everyday sprouts. Sprout. <laughs> Never. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then that leads on to the final food scene that we're going to talk about before we wrap this up because it's kind of interesting because it's kind of related to TV and film and then we'll we'll wrap up completely. But they use the, the Wonka-mobile to get to the next place and it's a carbonated drinks vehicle um, which one of the fantastic lines that his granddad makes is uh, it's got more gas in it than a politician <laughs> so it's brilliant isn't it that's a good one it's quite it's quite humorous and then they go through the, the magic car wash thing that gets rid of all the foam I always remember as a kid that it was always fun watching him get like blasted with all the foam because it just it seemed like an obscene amount of foam yeah and just like a giant really slow steamroller but should we move on to the final scene let's and then we'll, we'll wrap this up So, Wonka Vision, not to be confused by anyone in the UK, such as, you know, Chuckle Vision <laughs> or anything like that. What a show that was. <laughs> Wonka Vision is basically, in a nutshell, you have a bar of chocolate. There you go. And it's it's a giant sized bar of chocolate, according to this logic. You then blast it with some ray of some kind. It then breaks up into a million tiny pieces above your head, which look like weird pixelated things. In a, in a film that was filmed in the 70s. It just doesn't look right. And then it reappears by just tuning in an old-fashioned TV, and then you get a normal-sized Wonka bar. He's done it. World, world, world hunger is solved. Transportation. I mean, just literally just transporting a physical thing. <laughs> I mean, if you have a TV, and I imagine a lot of the places where world hunger is a really big problem, <laughs> televisions are probably less abundant. Yeah, but you, there's ways and means. He can, he can reproduce. Well, he's not really cloning food. I'm sure he's probably not far away from cloning. Maybe he'll do his own version of Jurassic Park with chocolate or something like that. Chocolate Park. Uh, I, but yeah, what, what what do you make of the concept of being able to just get your food by just reaching into your TV? I think it would make a, it would worsen childhood obesity. We could say that for certain. Every TV advert that's got like McDonald's on it or some of you like the stuff that's kind of getting banned in the UK soon. It's going to be like watershed after 9 p.m. You're not allowed to see like junk food ads anymore. You better just grab in and have like a test sample. It'd be nice though with McDonald's because you'd actually get the one that it looks like on TV. Yeah, but but as we mentioned a few weeks ago, that would be made of glue. Yeah, (laughs) true. It wouldn't taste good. Um, and then yeah, you get the the honey I shrunk the kids sort of scene where uh, Mike TV decides that he wants to go. I mean, you would, you would, you would, wouldn't you? You would, you you would just stand in front of the ray because no, why I feel would like I, I was more conscientious as a child? I probably wouldn't, especially after seeing the demise of so many children. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's he's a pretty he's pretty uh, dim on the uptake that everyone else is sort of, but that I guess that's the whole point. But to be the first person to be teleported ever, too much risk, but I'm, also I'm... shrunk. Yeah, exactly. You're coming out that you're smaller. There are parts of me which are small enough as it is, let me tell you. <laughs> I don't want to have any risks there. Yeah, you but could... he sent him to the taffy machine to be stretched out after, so maybe they could... Mm, you know. sounds, yeah, that sounds totally pain-free. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, that's pretty much it. The, the the film, after that point, pretty much wraps up very quick. This film is like an hour and a half long. It is like a stupidly short film. It takes 44 minutes until they get to the factory, and then it's just wham-bam and you're done. Pretty much, he, he, he offs all the other kids, has a, a pop at Charlie. 
poor old Charlie because he had a, a well, his, his granddad, as we've mentioned, coerced him into drinking. Um, you know, and then yeah, he gets the factory. And I always wanted them to do the Great Glass Elevator film after them just follow it on, but they never did. You ever been on that ride at Alton Towers? They do the the you know, I don't know if I, have a, I still have it now, but they had a, a Wonka, a, a mini Wonka factory ride there where you you ride on a boat on through the the Chocolate River, which um. Judging by the smell, is not actually chocolate. Probably sewage, like they mentioned in the film. Yeah, not even spoiled chocolate. <laughs> but um, yeah, they used to have the elevator there, but it was um, it was panelled with inward-facing LED screens, so it looked like you were flying upwards above Alton Towers. It's pretty cool, right? I, I like those. I'd prefer that to a roller coaster. Fair enough. I don't I like mean, theme parks, so you know. Mm. I've not, I've not been on it. I just remember as a kid, once I eventually read the books when I was a little bit older, seeing that film and thinking, why didn't they just get Gene Wilder back and do? do the next one it's sort of teed up perfectly for it and you know this is a classic but there isn't really anything else to say i feel like we've kind of like skimmed through and it's probably not been as sort of you still in, jazz in, hands then in, in, it's not been as yeah jazz hands it's not been as in depth as as we would have liked because obviously it's just we're just talking about sweets and chocolate there isn't it's, like it's been 45 minutes this is half <laughs> the length of the actual film that's still pl- plenty of talking oh, time go. plenty of content <laughs> um but yeah, recommendations for anyone that somehow hasn't watched this film yet. Watch the new one as well, though, because the the not the the one that they're making. No, not the that not atrocious. the new new one that's not out yet. We'll do the new one, which is the Johnny Depp one, which you're talking about, which will soon be the middle one. <laughs> or we just repeat basically the same things with with slight differences. Yeah, maybe, or maybe we just go in on I like that one, fascination though. of Johnny Depp. <laughs> Johnny Depp plays a really good uh, part in that. You know, he's he's funny, but in a different way to Gene Wilder. Yeah, this is a classic though. Watch watch this one. If you've never watched this film before and you've been put off by the the seventies vibe of it, you'll you'll get a kick out of it. It's it's still a fun film to watch. Even now it holds it holds in much the same regard as a lot of classic films. It, it's watchable. It's not like, something it, you're gonna see. It's in. a wonderful life. Um Citizen Kane. Mm. Uh Rear Window. I don't why am I just naming Jimmy Stewart movies? This is weird. <laughs> um yeah, no, watch it. It's a good film. And actually, you get a kick, if, if nothing else, you get a kick out of the sets because, you know, you, these days it's all green. Everything's green screen, blue real screen. Real sets. Um, it's a real set with, as Jordan said, as a film fellow said, sorry, um, with real chocolate in there. <laughs> Apart from the wooden bars <laughs> occasionally. Yeah, I mean, you think if they're going to make the lake chocolate, for God's sake, give them real <laughs> chocolate bars. It's poor kids' teeth, just like us and these gobstoppers. But anyway, let's go to the outro and wrap this. this episode up well we missed a week so we can't say we've done five in a row but it's this fifth episode still that's that's mind-boggling still that's mind-boggling i can't even speak wow it sounds like we're in some sort of like loop. Is this flipping gobstopper man i told you i broke i've my... still got mine in my mouth can you hear it yeah i can hear you oh it's gone now it's slumbering gone. all over the mic what i was gonna say is it's still mind-boggling consistency um, for something which, I don't know, 14 people watch, listen to. Um, hey, if they're watching us, <laughs> I'm just looking around the room I'll now. Get, now that's the next step. We'll put like a little, little camera up there. <laughs> They'll see a little set up here. Peer in and look at us looking all sad <laughs> around this table. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so try and force food down Adam because he's, you know, he's, he's fasting most of the time. I'm not trying. I'm not doing that ever again. You give me food this standard. That chocolate bar was naff. <laughs> the bot. The, what, what was it? The, the gobstopper. And he put me out of action for <laughs> half a year. 
what I will mention um, in this outro, I should probably stick something at the beginning of this episode as well, is we are now in the My Roadcast competition. So if you head over to the link that will be either on this episode description or it'll be somewhere, vote for us. It takes like five seconds. I think it's just like a Facebook login or Google or whatever. Give us a vote. We're going for the, the you know, the fan award. Trying to be the best in the UK, at least. At the very least, let's try and try and get up there because we're like 13th in the UK, which is quite good. But there's obviously several thousands of podcasts on the whole thing in general. But that we're 13th. I think we're about 13th. We might be 18th out of a, a good chunk. I think there's like nearly one and a half thousand actually. In How the total. heck did that happen? Well, the power of our fans. <laughs> Clearly. Clearly, yeah. But um, if you haven't, for some reason, you listened to this episode and got this far and you hadn't just shut us off at the outro like some people might, uh, yeah, go vote for us. Um, that'd be really nice. We, we put at least a little bit of effort into trying to sort that out. Um, and as always, we're available wherever you get your podcasts from. You listen to us now, but if you want to listen to us on something else, you can do. We should be on there. Um, tell your friends. Tell your mum. I don't know. <laughs> tell someone. <laughs> tell your mum. And I, I'm I'm putting my foot down here. Don't know if you can hear that. But I, I'm choosing the film next week. We're going to make a good episode. Uh, what? This wasn't a good episode? How dare I, you? I, I brought I don't, snacks. I, don't think <laughs> I, I feel like Peak was uh, falling down so far. But we've got a long way to go. Oh, right, fair enough, fair enough. Okay, well, we've plenty of films and food to come and TV shows when we get to those. Uh, make sure you give us a subscribe and a follow if you are listening to us. If you're listening to us on a podcast provider but you haven't clicked follow or subscribe or whatever, do it because it will help us. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, it seems to have caught up finally. You can leave a star review. That will get us in front of more people, so please do it. <laughs> Only if it's a good star review. I say this every week. Don't, don't leave us a one star review. Please. Yeah, don't, don't be that you. person. There's been one person already. We'll find you. Has it? <laughs> we, we've mentioned it before. We will find, <laughs> we? We will find you <laughs> and we will make you eat these terrible sweets on this table. Oh, stuff your mouth full of these <laughs> flipping gobstoppers. Yeah. <laughs> you can find us over on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at Movie Mouthfuls. You can also find myself at the Filmfeller underscore on Twitter. I'm also on YouTube as the Filmfeller if you want to see any of my stuff that I did like two and a half months ago, I will be getting back to it at some point before Beard mentions. Good Lord, this boot was six weeks in. You've you still been getting back to it. <laughs> yeah. um, Beard is not going to say it. He never does, but literally just search for him. He'll, you'll find him somewhere. Don't search for me. You'll see, I think the first two images that come up are like half naked. <laughs> not fully naked, but you'll see my torso. So don't search for me. Just, you know. Beard meets food just somewhere. He will, Bre- bread he will meets appear. food. Make say it say it three times into your mirror and people appear. <laughs> appear and just force feed your stuff. <laughs> if you fancy sending us any questions or you've got anything that you want to say, you can either tweet us, which would be the easy thing to do, or you can email us if you want to be a little bit more extra at uh, movingmouthfuls oh, at gmail.com. I just used extra and Adam's just imploded. <laughs> <laughs> that a little bit part of my soul just died. I hate when people say that. I'm going to kill off uh, his other Horcrux pieces of his soul now because uh, <laughs> if you want to support us in any particular way you can head over to patreon.com slash moviemouthfuls um, if you want to you can you can chuck in a quid um, you know we'll put it towards a, a new microphone or you know even even just the food that we're buying well you know you could use that you don't have to obviously times are tough just throwing it out there big thank you again to to lee as always for all the music oh um, we didn't shout out lee this week we didn't do it this week we're kind of growing away from it but i will keep saying thank you because obviously i pestered the living life out of him for you know a long time <laughs> for these tracks and we will be back very soon and uh, i didn't i didn't think of anything to say at the end of this one 
I didn't get anything. I didn't write anything. <laughs> uh, remember, kids, chocolate can cause death unless you are morally affluent. <laughs> now, go, and go, go and be good people, and you might one day have a chocolate factory. That was more philosophical than the usual, like, well, flipped quote from the film that I normally use. <laughs> we'll I'm, go I'm, a deep, I'm a deep thinker. Peace! In a bit. Hi, I'm Dietrich. I'm Alex. And I'm Ben. We're from the podcast That Song From That Movie, the journey through the very best and worst of movie songs. We want you to join us on our voyage across the cinematic sound waves as we take a deep dive on a new song and movie each week to figure out just what makes them tick. Already we've set sail with Celine Dion on the Titanic, found a friend in Toy Story, and gotten drenched out in the rain with Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Hopefully each breakdown allows us to answer the ultimate question of what's better, the movie or the song. Or at least learn something new along the way. Just like learning that Toy Story 4 is a meaningless cash grab without a soul. You can subscribe right now on all good podcast platforms. If you use one of the bad ones, then that's on you, and we can't be held responsible. Subscribe to that song from that movie.